1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm, and he is Amal Shaw, coming to you on a Tuesday here from beautiful downtown Las Vegas, Amal. We've got the two NIT semifinals tonight from Madison Square Garden. Um, we're going to continue our preview of Major League Baseball. We'll take a look at the NL Central today. And we've got a rule change in overtime in the playoffs in the NFL.
1: Looking forward to that. I know we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, obviously, now both teams are going to get possession of the football. Uh, are you in favor of this? I kind of say, who cares?
0: Yeah. You know, I agree with your, your uh, foil, Femi, uh, who tweeted out, that they should instead of changing this, give the home team the first possession in overtime instead of a coin flip. It also changes strategy at the end of the game when they know which team will get the ball first. And it rewards the team with a better record. Or the division champion.
1: God, you're going to make me concede here. He's right. I I think he's right. I I think it's a great idea. You know why? Because then at the end of a game, you may not play uh, to be conservative or cautious. You might be much more aggressive. Sure you are. If
0: you're the visiting team and you play to win instead of maybe play to kick the field goal and tie. Here's the bottom
1: line on this before we get to the final four.
0: Will this affect any of your future Super Bowl wagers that you're tying your money up on for the next 10 months.
1: No, I got the best kicker in the history of the National Football League. You're already in side. on the Ravens. Absolutely, ready right.
0: to go. All right. All right, let's talk about the final four, and I want to talk about it from this perspective. I had two tweets last night uh, about this, and it says you and all are very good at and talk about hedging a lot. Mm-hmm. Here's my tickets. How do we do it? So let's talk about yeah. that. I'm going to give you the two scenarios. Um, Devin Cox at Devin24 Cox says, he has Villanova at 22-1 to 1 from February okay. and Carolina at 22-1 to 1 that he bet before the Sweet 16. What's the best way to go about hedging these tickets?
1: All right, let's start just for simple math. Let's assume for a minute he's got $100 placed on both sides. He said they're sides. equal wagers. Okay, let's just say for our calculation purposes it's $100 each. So he's going to win 2200 with Nova. He's going to win $2,200 with uh, Carolina potentially. They have to win the national title. Two more games to go. First thing I would advise is you want to at least, at the very least, get your money back. What I would do is, depending on how you feel about these matchups, I believe Kansas is going to win. I believe Duke's going to win. I hope I'm wrong on the Duke game, but I think the Dukies move on. I would take a look, if it were me personally, I would probably wager an amount that I'm going to make a profit on both Duke and KU and hope one of these teams gets through. Or, because these games are at separate times, I would wait to see the result of the first game. You could take that chance and roll the dice and then take a heavier risk on Duke in the matchup against Carolina. Would you parlay Duke
0: and and Kansas and play on the money lines and play plus 131? You know you're out at that point if those two teams win. If you lose that bet at plus 131, then you've gotten to the title game It's a more clean hedge.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good play. I don't generally do that. I I actually like that view that you've kind of created there. Uh, I tend to kind of lock in a profit and they'll go back and forth during the game to see if there's an opportunity to maybe take off some of that hedge that I put on there. So, uh, for me, the biggest thing is I would advise is at this point in time, Duke is what, minus 190 on the money line, KU minus 195? Yeah, KU is moving towards greater favoritism than Duke at this point. Yeah, I, I would look at betting both these, well, you can still get plus money on these teams to yeah. win the title, right? I, uh, I, I The numbers are from the money line, but actually, why not just take a look at these you, teams you to win the find, title?
0: You can find Duke at 180, and you can find Kansas at
1: $2. You can find KU at $2? dollars uh-huh. That's at a bet,
0: Rivers. Yeah. I, Your I favorite sponsor,
1: yeah, absolutely right. And if it were me right now, based on the numbers he's got, you said twenty-two to one on each, on right? Each, and they're equal okay. bets. He said, "I would put." You'd have to run the numbers to be precise on this, but I would take a look at taking Kansas for about four hundred. So now you get back eight hundred. Um, if you if you lose that bet, you're still plus money, obviously. And then I would do the same thing with Duke for a different amount, but just do the numbers. To where it comes out, where you make a profit. I mean, this is a great situation he's in.
0: Yeah, and then I want to go to the other one, Amal, because it's on the other side of the ledger. It's a person that actually has the favorite Duke. Yeah, and I think you addressed this a different way at fourteen to one. Yeah, wow, well, there's a, a no. Pro- there's a no price. That's a very clean hedge here on Duke. You can find Duke at minus one eighty on the no.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I uh-huh. think you said he's got fourteen to one. Let's say he's yeah. got hundred bucks on mm-hmm. that, so you get back fourteen hundred. If it were me, I think Duke's going to win it all. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but if I were him, I would look at. If just me again. I would probably put nine hundred on the no. I would lock in a profit of five hundred dollars. Five hundred either way. Five hundred either way. Straight yeah. hedge. <laughs> and again, it depends on what your goal is and how you do this. If it's just casual and you don't care, let it ride. But if not, the old line, and this is one of the best lines I ever learned about betting. You never go broke taking a profit.
0: Yeah. If I had his ticket and I believe Duke's going to win as well, I would I would lay five forty to win three hundred there. Okay. Make 20 one way or make eight eight sixty the other way. Just because I really believe in Duke. But I'm on his side. I bet this I bet the same thing as he did.
1: Yeah, I, I like your point of view. Um, I'm a little bit more conservative in that sense than other people. I, I'm like, a lot of times when I hedge, I'm almost hedging it equally, even mm-hmm. if in tennis, you and I do this all the time, even though the odds on a player might be completely skewed in their favor. I just want to make the maximum amount of profit potentially without putting myself at peril if the other side goes down. I generally will hedge one-third,
0: two-thirds to favor the original bet way. All right, let's talk just a little bit about the final four here now. Circa has some exact NCAA championship odds up, exact as in in the final, how it will be. Duke beating Kansas in the final and Kansas beating Duke in the final are, are both plus 340. Do you agree with the price? And then does this suggest that if these two teams meet in the final, this game will be a pick'em?
1: Uh I don't yeah, based on that, yes, but do you really believe it's a pick'em? No, I think Duke's I say, a two-point
0: favorite. I said Duke two, would be two.
1: Yeah, right? I, that's what I feel like it'd be. I look, I think Villanova's in a tough spot here with the injury to Moore. I, I think it's gonna be difficult to overcome. I think Kansas Abaji has not played his A game. Remy Martin's really been the catalyst for this team so far. He didn't have a great game against Miami. McCormick has played well. Brown's been inconsistent. I think Wilson's got to shoot the ball better, particularly from the free throw line. Can you rely on Kansas shooting that poorly again from the free throw line? I I would take Kansas to get to the final, then the other side, it really comes down who do you believe, and I think it's going to be Duke. I think uh, Kansas has to put together a game for 40 minutes.
0: You can't see. They played a game for 20 minutes against Miami. Remember they're down six going into the half here. Um they didn't put a 40-minute to together against PC. PC was only got that game back to one. They played a first half against PC in the last five minutes. You know you know what I mean? I think they've got to have a good stretch of 30 to 35 minutes where they, they go toe-to-toe with Duke, because I don't think you can go into a 10, 15-minute lull and stay in that game.
1: I think if you play Duke the way they did against Miami in the first half or against Providence in the second half... They'll be down 15 at half. That's absolutely right. Um, all right. Uh, and then the, the only one I
0: looked at is here... Just, you know, I think Carolina has a better chance of beating Duke than Villanova just because of the injury situation. I don't think well, Jay Wright, I'm sorry, repeat that. You said I think Carolina has a better chance of beating Duke than Villanova does of beating Kansas because of the injury situation. I agree. So when you look at Carolina in the final, um, Kansas defeating Carolina in the final, plus 515 as a price. It's, it's, it's not a, a little bit of a way to hedge a Duke future.
1: <laughs> it is, um, but I, I still think that... I'm not going to discount Villanova. You know, Jay Wright, the one thing we're looking at their offense, but this Mm -hmm. team is tremendous defensively. And if you're Kansas, you've got to get out and run when the opportunity presents itself. I don't think there's a program in college basketball that gets better buy-in from its players than what Jay Wright and his staff want to execute on the floor than Villanova does. The Wildcats are unbelievable in terms of execution of what the coach wants done. And I still think Villanova's uh, pride, predi- uh, pedigree, and the success that they've had over the last half a dozen years has to be taken into consideration. Mike, I have not bet either of these games so far. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think I'm going to bet either of the games before the tournament starts or before the games start. I will wait to see on an in-game opportunity where I can get somebody at seven and a half, eight and a half, something like that.
0: All right, Uh, we saw the Invitational semifinals last night. You were right. I was wrong on that game. Fresno really clamped down on Southern Utah there. They they have 16 points at halftime. It it wasn't even close. So I can see that's the first time you've been right heads up against me, I think, since Missouri against Auburn. uh, Do do you want to go back to the tape? We have everything. on. I can't can't get to the record here. (laughs) But let's switch to the NIT tonight. In Madison Square Garden, we're down to the final four and two good matchups. Two good matchups where the lines are really tight. The first one goes at 4 p.m. On ESPN, that's specific time. St. Bonnie's against Xavier I'm all The Bonnie's have done it on the road, winning all three games in the tournament. At Colorado, 76-68 is a three-and-a-half point dog. At OU, 70-68 is a five-and-a-half point dog. At Virginia, 52-51 is a two-and-a-half point dog. Xavier's done it all from Cincinnati. They squeaked by Cleveland State, routed Florida, and just got by Vandy, only covering one of the three games. The Bonnie's here, laying one-and-a-half, with a total of them all down from 140 on the overnight to 139.
1: Tell you one thing. The Bonnies were down at CU in the second half with about 17 minutes to go. They put a run together. They pulled that game out late against Oklahoma. They were down. They get a bucket. They get a stop. Uh, Ushuniyi gets the big block against Virginia. This team has trailed late in the games. They found ways to come through. This is an experienced team. Uh, I like this team. Schmidt's team has been outstanding. The question mark is can they consistently shoot the ball well from the perimeter? If they can do that, I think they've got a chance. Lofton's got to play well here. Paul Scruggs has been a turnover machine for this team. Uh, I like. I, I have a play on this game, but in terms of this matchup, heads up, I like the Bonnies. I don't like. I agree with you. I don't have a play, but I like the Bonneys.
0: Six thirty p.m. Pacific, and you got to flip your channel because now you got to go to ESPN two for the second semifinal. Washington State and Texas A and M. Washington State defeated Santa Clara at home as a three and a half point favorite, and then went on the road as a dog at SMU and at BYU, crushing BYU. And won those games. am has been at home the whole time. An impressive kind of a, a pass in the first round against Alcorn. But then beat Oregon and crushed Wake Forest early on. Texas A&M, a team many thought should have made the big dance. Lane one and a half. With a total of 132.5.
1: Yeah, I lean towards AM here, Mike. I didn't play this game, but uh, I think AM gets it done. This Washington State team, to me, Kyle Smith has not got criticized because Washington State's one of those programs you don't think of it negatively, but they've got talent. This should have been a far better team in the Pac 12. It would not surprise me if they beat AM, but I lean towards AM in this game. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg
0: Hoops Peterson will look at every college basketball game on the schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game and sets his own lines. Coast to coast hoop provides unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download coast to coast hoops now at vison.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And while you are there, catch up on every VEASAN show as well. Exciting for us. I'm all coming up in just over a half an hour. We're going to have Noah Van Bree. He hosts the show, the winning ticket on 9:20 AM in St. Louis. He's going to be coming to us from the DraftKings Kings uh, studio in East St. Louis. Uh, and we're going to talk to him maybe a little bit about the Cardinals and the prospects of gambling in Missouri. Can't wait. That's in 30 minutes. Up to next, NHL.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN the Sports Betting Network.
0: This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties. They come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zy slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amol Shaw. Let's turn our attention to the NHL. First, looking at the future markets. Last night, I didn't give this out, but I said fade halak uh, in St. Louis with the Canucks. And the, the Blues came through cashing on the money line. And it was a slaughter, of course, in Edmonton. They brought a goalie in for... Uh, the Coyotes in the third period, because NHL Network showed the third period of the game. They brought a goalie in, a mall that was benched in the minor leagues. He was only had a save percentage of 84% in the minor in the minor leagues. Edmonton only got one on him uh, in the third period, but they did end up winning that game, six-one. And the Kraken went into LA after having getting beat on Saturday night and dominated the Kings. Is that coroner? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you know that St. Louis game. You and I both thought. That St. Louis would play better defensively based on the performance they had against Carolina. You know, there's just certain teams you expect yeah. to bounce back. I said the same thing about Edmonton. I thought this was an opportunity for them defensively to get back on track. Here, give up nine goals. You're going to have a. Uh, you're going to refocus. We talk about that in professional sports. Anytime you get embarrassed.
0: All right. Most teams have about 15 games remaining uh, before the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. I want to take a look at the odds uh, to win each of the conferences, and there seems to be a little bit of an anomalies here right now. When we look at the East. Um, Hurricanes uh, actually have the most points right now. They're still at 5-1. to one. Now, this is to win the Eastern Conference, I'm um, also to, to reach the Stanley Cup finals out of that side. Uh, Panthers, second most points, are actually right now the favorite at plus 275. I keep telling everyone, look at the Lightning. You know, the Lightning here, they've gone through a little bit of a dry stretch here. They're, they're messing around here. They might be the three against Toronto there, although does that make a big difference where that first series is played, whether... The home ice is in Tampa Bay or in Toronto, do you? No, not at all. I I don't think so as well. Another good duel for second in the Metropolitan Division between the Penguins and the Rangers, and they play tonight. We'll talk about that game in a few minutes. But, you know, the Bruins, who are wild card number one right now, are actually a shorter price to win the East than either the Penguins or the Rangers. They're both 8 and 9 to 1, respectively, and the Bruins 7
1: to 1. Uh First of all, of the eight teams we have in here, terrific graphic, by the way, guys. And those um, are going
0: to be the eight teams in the.
1: Yeah. The other teams are
0: 15 back,
1: the Islanders, Columbus. Eastern Conference. These are your playoff teams. I would scratch the Capitals. I don't like the way they're playing. Look at them last night listless. Absolutely. They were fortunate against the Devils on Sunday. Um, But to me, right now, when I look at it, I don't like the Panthers at 275. I don't think they should be that short of odds. I think the Lightning are still extremely dangerous. The Maple Leafs, I would scratch. You know the one thing, I, I keep criticizing the Hurricanes with Freddie Anderson, mm-hmm. but I love Aunt, Auntie Ranta as a backup in terms of what he could potentially do for this team if they need him in net, Mike. He is a tremendous goaltender. You're you know you're you not a fan? No, I, I agree with you. Uh, Anderson's having a career year. Played great again last night. Mike, I don't disagree with you, but there are certain players, there is an innate ability to turn it on, flip the switch when we get to the postseason that makes a difference. You know, Jonathan Quick, when you look at those runs that the Kings had, it wasn't overwhelming all the time throughout the entirety of the regular season, but that playoff, you know, the lights turn on, and he was able to deliver for them.
0: When you look here at these two teams, let's let's just take focus in on the difference between the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Don't you think the Hurricanes are much, much better defensively than the Panthers?
1: No question about it. The Pan- That's the other problem with the Panthers, right? Teams like Edmonton, the Panthers, who are great offensive teams, you run into a concern when you look at them in the postseason. Can they defend enough? You, t- you take a look at Tampa, they can defend when necessary. Hurricanes, we know they can do that. Same thing with the Rangers. I think that the Hurricanes, when you compare the odds of the Panthers
0: and the Hurricanes, it's flipped to me. Because I think the Hurricanes have an easier path to get out of the Metro and get to the Eastern Conference Finals then the Panthers, who have to most likely will have to defeat the Lightning
1: to get there. I, I would agree with you. You know, it's funny. Last year, we didn't have any extended playoff games that went to the third or fourth yeah. overtime scenarios. When you look at these teams, and I, I look at it from a defensive standpoint, uh, with Swayman and F for the Bees, uh, when you look at Shosturkin for the Rangers, are these bad bets to win the conference at 9-1 to or 7-1? to Aren't they very capable of winning 12 games? I have the Rangers at 26-1, to
0: and now they sit at, what, 18-1? to Uh, about to win it. Yeah. If I win, if I'm just trying to get through the first series and if they match up with the Penguins, I like them in the first series, no matter who has home ice.
1: I would agree with you. I think they got a great shot against the Pens. Yeah. All
0: right. Let's flip now to the, uh, to the Western Conference at Britain. And of course, the Colorado Avalanche heavy favorite, only three to two plus one fifty to represent the West in the Stanley cup finals. Your second choice is the team. That's been the best in the West. The last two months, the Pacific, the Calgary Flames, they are four to one. here's, Here's the betting anomaly. The third choice right now is a team clinging to the second wild card, while the other teams around them have two, three, or four games in hand. That's the Vegas Golden Knights. Dallas has four games in hand on them. And one game and one point back right now. The Knights are the third choice at nine to one, yet they're favored not to break the playoffs minus
1: one fifty. Yeah, <laughs> think well, about that. You know, I, I think part of the thing is here you get so inundated with so much with Knights money, so it skews the market. But uh, I don't like Edmonton. I'm going to scratch them off the list at eleven to one. Um, are you a believer in the Minnesota Wild? They won six in a row, and
0: they get they get Philadelphia tonight, so make it seven. <laughs> I, I'm not though. I'm I've, I've seen I. them
1: play so poorly on home ice in the last month. By the way, I'll tell you one thing I'm looking forward to in the playoffs is taking the opponent against the Wild minus a goal and a half because I'm sure they'll have an empty net for about 18 minutes in the third period. Possibly. All right, let's get to the matchups
0: on the ice tonight, let's start in Boston, Amal, where the Maple Leafs are taking on the Bruins. Right now, the Maple Leafs, the third team in the Atlantic, a point behind Tampa Bay, while the Bruins, as we said, uh, maintain the top wild card, just a point behind the Maple Leafs, or um, exactly tied with the Maple Leafs right now, but they don't have the tiebreaker. Swayman and Net for the Bruins tonight, um, 19-8-3 with the 209 goals against. Bruins have won four in a row heading into this contest. Overnight was a dollar thirty up to a dollar forty, total six and a half, shaded to the under.
1: I like the move. Swayman's been terrific for this team. Do you comes... have Morazic for the for Toronto. I tonight? Do. Yeah. The greatest Czech goaltender of all time, not named Dominic Hasek. Peter and a wolf. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of Morazzik <laughs> yeah. here. I like Swayman. I think it's a cheap price. Both teams come with an exactly identical record, 41, 19, and five. Going with the B's at home here. You and I have talked about this at length with uh, Toronto. Another team, got to see it to believe it, can't back the Leafs until they do something in the playoffs. Boston beats the uh, Islanders on Saturday. It was an early game. Are you you paying attention to how good Boston is in these early starts? Hold on a minute. Before you sit there and give the Bees a ton of credit for this win, the Islanders, this was like their 10th game in 17 days. I'd just like to point out the fact that Boston's won seven straight
0: time starts at noon or earlier. Uh, I, excuse me, one PM or earlier local time, and thirteen of the last fourteen. Great.
1: It's great. I, I give you that. Friend. It is a good. And if trend. you let
0: one team do it regularly, then I think there's an advantage for that, as opposed to a team that only does it two or three times a year. You get a team that does it twelve or fourteen times a year. That early start, you get used to that routine and that rhythm.
1: I think they play that to their advantage, and they've done a great job of it. Um, in this game, for me, it comes down to the goaltending. I like swimming over Morazic. All right, Rangers-Penguins from Pittsburgh tonight. They're
0: locked in a pitch duel uh, for second place in the Metro. Rangers have won two in a row coming in, including stealing that win against Buffalo on Sunday with Georgia net. You'll get Shesterkin tonight, 31-9-3, and 2-11 goals against against Yari, 33-13-6, 2-3-1 goals against here. Penguins laying seventy at home with a total of six, juice to the over, Are you willing to take a shot at the money line with the Rangers tonight, plus 145?
1: Normally I would say yes immediately, but the reason I don't want to take a huge revenge spot here, remember a couple nights ago they played last week, and they the embarrassed him in Madison Square That was my Garden. exact word. Absolutely right. Yari gave up five goals in that game. Three right away. Three in the first, first four three, minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, they, they struggled in that one. I think the Penguins come back, play much stronger in this one. I think they win the game, but the price is too high for me to lay with. I Pittsburgh. think that was Thursday or Friday night. It was very recently.
0: Uh, one more game or two we can get to here. Hurricanes at Lightning. Remember, they played this game in Raleigh, mm-hmm. and you said normally you'd take the Lightning in the playoffs, but it's the regular season. Take the Hurricanes. Hurricanes won that game 3-2. to two. Tonight they meet at Amelie lightning a dollar forty favorite with a total of five and a half juice to the over
1: two of my favorite coaches in the NHL going head-to- head here I'm gonna go with Johnny Cooper and the lightning at home I think they get the revenge and a fairly cheap price here uh, you know the one thing though I'm telling you Ronta and Nett, I, I like this one do you come back with another under here five and a half or is this one going over Mike yeah I would
0: lean I would lean under um, I'd rather get a six on it it's it's juice that way and see if there's any there's any movement to it yeah um, Let's see. Anything else interesting tonight? Let me get your take on this. Um, Wild Flyers at Wild. I talked about it. Flurry and Net tonight for the Wild. They've won six in a row. Tough road trip for the Flyers, and they're going with Martin Jones who can't stop a beach ball right now. Three, four goals (laughs) against. Huge price, though. Wild 330. This is up from 275 on the overnight with a total of six.
1: He couldn't stop a beach ball in San Jose with Carlson and Burns in front of him. What the hell is he going to do in Philadelphia here? Uh, This is a game with Minnesota at home. This team has been terrific at home all year long at the Excel Center. Going to go with uh, Minnesota to continue their winning ways. Two years ago, going into the playoffs, the Flyers were the hottest team in hockey. And
0: now they're an embarrassment in the East. Uh, They're they're ready for baseball season. Yeah, they are. Phillies. Okay. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. I'm all coming up. We're going to talk our next division and we will move east, young man, going from the NL West to NL Central. And we'll also have Noah Van Brien in the last segment. He's coming to us from the new DraftKings studio in one of the great pastoral settings of middle America, East St. Louis, Missouri. N. L. Central next.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VCN, the sports betting network.
0: Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every college basketball game. On the schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single line and game and gives unique looks and insights for solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops. Get your podcast wherever. podcast slash podcast. Amal Shaw. Baseball here. Nine days away. And we looked at the NL West yesterday. Let's take a look at the NL Central today. In my opinion, before we get into the odds on the division and the win totals and the matchups and all that, This might be the division where one team towers over the rest of it, not because they're that great, but because the rest of the division has weakened. And I think the Brewers tower over this division.
1: Well, you've got, let's be real here. You've got the Brewers. Yeah. You've got the Cardinals. You've got a Triple A team potentially in the Cubs. And then you've got a single A team in the Reds and, uh, I'm sorry, not in the Pirates. And what the hell are the Reds doing anyway? I don't know. What are the Reds doing? I like Jonathan India, but other than that, who else do you like on this? Now, time? let's start with the Brewers. Uh, Brewers,
0: minus 165 to win the NRL Central, minus 185 to make the playoffs. They locked up the pitching, right? I mean, then the offseason, they made an emphasis to, to get their pitchers signed. And this rotation, Corbin Burns, Brendan Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, one, two, three as good as anybody, and we talked about it last year.
1: Peralta going up against everybody else's number threes is a big advantage for the Brewers. Absolutely right. The young lefty also keep an eye out for Aaron Ashby. I think this kid could be very dangerous left-hander for this Milwaukee team. You mentioned Peralta, and uh, he's a number three there. But, Mike, when you look at the top of this one, Woodruff and Burns, these are guys that are viable for a Cy Young candidate. And they were. Absolutely last year, but again this year as well. So, to me, this is a tough team. Um, I, I think Yelich has a great year. I think Milwaukee rolls in this division. A quick question for you: Do you think the Brewers win the Central by more games than the Dodgers win the West?
0: Mm. It all depends, I think, on how quickly Tatis gets back and you, Darvish. You put your finger on you, Darvish. Well, because I think the Dodgers will be competing with the Padres in the West. Competing. What is it, 15 games of competition for you? Oh, okay, they lost. They didn't win the division last year. They won 106 games and didn't win the division. Uh, Yelich, to your point, get some. Get some. Uh, Protection in the lineup with McCutcheon hitting behind him um, this
1: year. Question, is Josh Hader the best closer in baseball? I think so. Um, he is a tough, tough guy to face. That left-hander coming in at you. Uh, he's definitely going to be an interesting guy when you look at it. Is there anybody besides Hader right now that you think of as a dominant closer in baseball? Mm-hmm. No, not to That's that I'm level. Saying,
0: yeah. But is the rest of the Milwaukee bullpen going to be enough support for him? I mean, they're still putting Boxberger out there as their eighth inning guy.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. They're going to be a little bit more by committee this year when you look at this team. They'll have to find somebody that can really get the job done in the seventh and the eighth inning. But remember the one other thing I think is going to help a lot in the National, excuse me, in the National League. When you don't have to lift a pitcher in a 2-2 game in the sixth inning mm. because of the designated hitter, I, I think it, it reduces the pressure on your bullpen. What a great point by you. Um, sounded very disingenuous.
0: No, I thought you were you were being serious that it's going to help the bullpits. It is going to. I know you meant I was being disingenuous. I'm, I'm not. No kidding. I'm not. It's a good point by you. But now some of these managers in the National League are going to have to learn to manage with a the DH. They haven't. Chase Tingler wouldn't have screwed he, this he, up. It won't be as hard as the American League managers <laughs> learning to manage without a DH. I'll tell you that much. All right. Let's switch over. Or, or, or before, do you have any bet on the Brewers here? Um I, I do not. You do not. You do not you do not think uh, no, as I, think I do I would, they'll dominate. How about eighty eight and a half wins for the Brewers? I think you go over when you look yeah, at this. They division. won ninety five last, last year and yeah. I think the division's weaker this year. I, I would agree that the to Reds you. are definitely weaker. Yes. The Cubs are weaker. Mm-hmm. The Cubs teams I don't even recognize. Let's go to the Cardinals now. Um and I think when you and we'll and we'll ask uh Van Bree, Noah Van Bree, the young man we're gonna speak to here in about fifteen minutes about the Cardinals. But I think The main question here is Jack Flaherty's health, and how soon can he be back?
1: Yeah, he's expected to be out for quite a while, potentially could miss the entire season here. I I love this kid. Um, He can really pitch 6'4", 225, big right-hander, can do it all. He's a true number one. But, Mike, without him, I think it puts a lot of pressure on Wayne I, I just don't think this team can do it. How old is Wayne right now? Does he have his AARP uh, card?
0: Maybe 38. Ponce de Leon, I call him. <laughs> t- discovering Gotten the fountain youth. of youth. They, they did have Daniel Ponce de Leon on the same staff. Uh, before. After Wainwright, without, without Flaherty the first half of the year, you get Miles Mikolas, Steven Matz, one of my favorite guys, Dakota Hudson, because you could always get five and a half, first five in the National League. That's no good anymore with the DH and Jake Woodford. Um, when you look at the lineup, still Goldschmidt, in the two hole O'Neill in the three hole. Arenado in the four hole. Could you argue that this is the best hitting team in the division?
1: Uh, comfortably. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you look at that uh, two, three, four, I love Goldie and uh, Arenado in two and four there. Uh, you know, Paul, DeYoung young batting eighth, not bad there. The other thing I want to go back to though, you mentioned Steven Matz. First of all, the over-under should be set on number of starts this guy can stay healthy for. Probably about 14 and a half. And then how many games does he not give up a crooked number by the fourth inning? I, I'm not a big fan. I, I was reading an article about, they're like, oh, they got Steven Matz. I'm like, who wrote this? His uncle? This guy, this guy's not a good pitcher. Are you concerned about the manager change? I
0: was surprised they fired Schilt. Ollie Marmel at age 35 takes over
1: uh, one of the best-run organizations in all of sports. Absolutely right. Um Look, it's going to come down to the fact that you lose a number one like Flaherty. I look at the rest of that pitching. I don't really see guys that I look at as either a number two or a number, another number one on that team. The pitching is going to be a concern. I think the Cardinals at some point in time are going to have to outslug people. It's good when it gets hot and humid in St. Louis in the summertime. Maybe you can just outscore everybody.
0: Ollie Marmol at age 35 is the youngest manager to guide a team on opening day since who? No idea. Eric Wedge. With the Indians, Indians in 0-3. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Cubs and Grandpa Ross. A lot of new faces here. I mean, Kyle Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks, one of the last guys left here. And the staff, it's all new. What do you think of the additions of Stroman, Miley, and Smiley? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a great line. Um, not a big Stroman guy. I'm an, I, I'm an anti. He's the, this I, guy, anytime there's adversity, he loses it. Absolutely right. Um... Not a big Wade Miley guy. No, I I'm a bigger Wade Miley fan than you are. I know that. I, oh God, God, Wade <laughs> Miley. Boy, there is. you look up the definition of crafty lefty, this is it. Um, not a big fan of his. Another Drew Smiley, I'm not a big fan of his as well. I think this team's going to be a little of trouble. Uh, Contreras is the one piece. Uh, wisdom, I like wisdom long term. Did you like the Andrelton Simmons pickup? I do. I, I think defensively helps you out. I've always liked him defensively. God, Jason Hayward, I, I would have threatened him with a hit. <laughs> with the amount of money they owe this guy, he can't do anything. You're playing for paying for a defender who's not even a plus plus defender anymore, just a plus defender now. I'm all Cubs over over under seventy five and a half wins. Ah, uh, so that puts you at what seventy five and eighty seven. Don't you think you got to lean slightly to the under? I don't like this I don't, team. I don't, I don't. I think it's all a mishmash. The bottom three teams in the division.
0: It's clearly Brewers, clearly Cardinals, and then it's a mishmash.
1: They're not going to sell a lot of tickets probably, but they're going to sell a lot of programs with these guys here.
0: <laughs> David Bell in the Reds. Uh, Louis Castillo on the DL. They acquired Mike Miner. He's on the DL to start the season. So your ace to open up for the Reds will be Tyler Molly. Uh, Vlad Gutierrez in the rotation right now. Hunter Green, Nick Lodello. How long can they keep this rotation together uh, and keep this team viable until these guys come back? I like the bullpen with Cecil Hoffman, Sims, and Strickland.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there with Sessa closing for this mm-hmm. team. It's going to be pretty dangerous. Don't like their starting pitcher. You need Castillo in there. That's an unfortunate situation. Um, I don't like Votto in this team. What other
0: off. team does he hit third on? Uh, I think they're just they're they're grandfathered into that spot, aren't they? I mean, they couldn't get rid of him. I know they shopped him. They can't get rid of the guy.
1: Well, he's got an albatross. I mean, he's at the end of the tail end of the deal, right? Yeah. I, I mean, but still. I still am amazed that baseball continues to sign guys for such long-term. That's why I thought that Bauer deal was so good by the Dodgers. They paid more money, but they're not stuck with the guy forever if you don't like him, and that's that's the problem here. Uh, look, I like India. I think he's going to be a good player long-term, rookie of the year. But the, other than that, I don't like this team. And then, uh, let's see,
0: the over-under wins uh, for the Reds at 74.5. That number had been set in the low 80s, high 70s for so long it drops off. And then the Pirates... 65 and a half. Um, uh, Jose Quintana, they pick him up, he's going to be the ace of the staff. Then they got the prison warden, Jonathan Brubaker, <laughs> Zach Thompson, <laughs> Bryce Wilson, Mitch Keller. Woof! This, this, this rivals the, the, uh, the Diamondback starting rotation. And then the lineup, I mean, it's a youth movement for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, over at PNC Park, and I don't mean wins by the Pirates, I mean games, run yeah. scored, uh, I, this is a problem right now with some of these teams like Pittsburgh fielding what equates to a AAA level team. This is unfortunate. Great sports town, uh, but you, this Pirates team is just horrific. Pirates, uh,
0: 65 and a half, 75 to one to win the division, 18 to one to make the playoffs. You have to lay 100 to one. Now, that's a nice straddle here. You get plus 1,800 and you lay 10,000. <laughs> Got in a ski mask. <laughs> Gun and a ski mask here. <laughs> um, exact finish. You can bet this. Car, um, Brewers first, Cardinal second, plus one forty-five.
1: Now that's not Brewers bad. Brewers first, Cardinal second, plus, plus one forty-five. I think that's, I think that's the best bet. Here I, I think, the think it's the best bet. It's better than laying the Brew Crew to win the 160, division. One sixty-one eighty. Yeah, absolutely. Some, some people, Applebaum found it at a positive number. Well, but so, by the way, we, we should have to have people post these numbers that
0: they get. All right, up next we'll have. I'm uh, um, all in the playbook and we'll talk to Noah Van Bree from the Winning Ticket on 9:20 a.m. in St. Louis.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network. The NBA season is heating up, and so are the specials at Bed River Sportsbook. Not only can you get 20% profit boost on all NBA wagers every Tuesday, but this Tuesday, Bet Rivers is offering a random profit boost for the Lakers versus Mavericks game. Just log into Bet Rivers to see what boost you can get. Go to the Bet Rivers app or visit Betrivers.com and get it on Tuesday Night Action. Terms and Conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Welcome back into Odds On, Mike Palm here with the Mall Show. We got Noah Van Bree coming up uh, momentarily from the new DraftKings studio in the Casino Queen in East St. Louis, Illinois. He's the host at 9.20 a.m. in St. Louis, the winning ticket. And we'll get his takes on a few things, including the Cardinals coming up. But let's get to the plays first. Go ahead, Amon.
1: Yeah, I've got a play tonight. Um, NIT here, Madison Square Garden. The early game going at, uh, this one goes at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific time. I like the under the St. Bonnie's, Xavier, under 139 and a half. Mike, I think uh, X will have a harder time dictating tempo. St. Bonaventure, remember, not a deep team here. If you're Mark Sch- Schmidt's squad, you don't want to get up and down with X. I think this game plays probably in the low, uh, mid-60s rather. I, think, I like this one under 139.5. I thought this game was too high by a pretty large margin.
0: All right, let's go to the playbook for today. Uh, I'm going to go to the Stars. Now, I've had the Stars uh, to win the Stanley Cup at 40-1. to I got two units on him against the Ducks. Ducks have lost uh, nine in a row of them all. They're reeling. Gibson's been terrible. Seven straight games. He's given up uh, five goals, uh, excuse me, three goals or more. We'll go against them. All right. North Macedonia has a chance to qualify for the World Cup. They knocked Italy out. They Which knocked Italy out. They went into Palermo and beat Italy. Now they have to go into Estadia de Drago in <laughs> Porto, Portugal. I'm going to take this game under three. I agree. There's bets out there in the market for Portugal to win to nil uh, at around minus 175. I would agree with that bet, too, if it was available to me. And then I'm going to take a one-unit play on AM tonight. I think they're better than Washington State. I think the SEC was better than the Pac-12. This team stayed informed from what they did in the SEC tournament, and I think the Cougars are going to be up against it tonight.
1: I, I would agree with you, and I think offensively, a a far superior team. I think defensively is where Washington State's really going to have to make the effort tonight if they're going to have a chance. But give Buzz Williams and this team a ton of credit. The way they've responded for getting, in my opinion, stiffed on the NCAA tournament.
0: All right, let's bring in Noah Van Bree. He's live in East St. Louis, Illinois. The Casino Queen, the new draft book's Sportsbook, Noah's the host of the winning ticket, 9.20 a.m. in St. Louis. Good afternoon, Noah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, gentlemen, doing? We're doing very well. I want to ask you this off the top. How close are you to getting legalized sports betting in Missouri?
2: We're, We're very close. It just passed the House, and it is currently in the Senate. I'm hearing that by next week they'll be taking a look at it. The hope is that by the end of 2022, it will be legal in Missouri, especially since the casinos and the major league teams in the area are supporting no I,
1: no, I understand you host a show there in the area. Um, how much interest when you have callers or, you know, you talk about it, how integral is the betting markets to what you guys discuss? Because I've noticed one thing now across the nation. it has just blown up exponentially.
2: Yeah, and we, we talk exclusively about the, the betting side of it. We go over everything analytical as well. And the thing is, our, our show, our studio is currently in Missouri. So we, it's not legalized here yet, so we have to tell people, yeah, you got to go on over, cross state lines, and head to the boat to, to get your picks in. But, yeah, it's, it's an integral part of everything that we do.
0: Noah, before you, we, we brought you in, we were previewing the NL Central. Uh, St. Louis picked yes. to finish second in the division. Brand-new manager, 35 years old, and Ollie Marmel. <sighs> T- to us, the key question is, how long does Jack Flaherty miss? Because this rotation, without him, we're putting a lot of pressure on Wainwright. You can get them at plus two, uh, plus 200, two, 200, plus 210 to win the division, or also an exact finish, Brewers-Cardinals 1-2 at plus 135. What do you like in the NL Central?
2: I, I like the Brewers to win. I, I hate to say it as a Cardinals fan in St. Louis, but their uh, their pitching rotation is elite. They got two Cy Young Award candidates in Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And uh, Aaron Ashby looks like he could be a stud coming out of the pen. And Freddie Peralta had a great year, so him, him pitching in that three-spot is going uh, to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for these NL teams. I think that the Cardinals last year, you saw, they run out of gas. Um, the pitching got injured and they couldn't keep up. They signed Stephen Matz this year. I don't know how well that's going to bolster the rotation. Um, the Cardinals have come out and said that they have enough pitchers to get them through the season, but they also said that last year and you saw how that played out. So it, it like you said, Jack Flaherty, his, there's no timetable for his return. They're optimistic, maybe June, but they also have not ruled out surgery at this point. So I think you're going to have to bank on him missing most of the season and doing what you can with the starters you have.
1: No, I think you have a future in politics based on your answer on Steven Matz. Nobody wants him, and I don't. I definitely won't want him if I'm a Cardinals fan. This guy, I said to Mike, I said, "Is over under on him? Is he going to be able to make 14 and a half starts? He never stays healthy, and he always gives up a crooked number by the fifth inning." I want to ask you about this offense right now. Two, three, four. You look at a Goldie O'Neill, and then one of my favorite players in baseball, still a top five guy in my book, Arenado. Can this team potentially outslug people? Um, when you look at this team, we mentioned the pitching is going to struggle. I like the young at. Uh, at the bottom of the lineup there now you have the designated hitter how good can this offense potentially be in a very weak division because when you look behind you the Cubs Reds and Pirates I don't think anyone's going to be threatened the upper two teams in this league
2: yeah well it seems like the the Cubs Reds and Pirates mailed it in this season so it'll be a it'll be a two team race but like you said you saw what happened last year when the Cardinals got going offensively they you know run off 20 wins or 17 wins in a row and were able to secure a wild card spot anytime you have Paul Goldschmidt, Aaron Otto, and Tyler O'Neal hitting back to back to back. That team's going to put up numbers, and they all were very close to hitting 30 home runs last year. I, I do think they can outslug teams. They should be able to bolster their record playing against those bottom teams. But, you know, you you look at Tyler O'Neill and the step up he made last year, and you the Dylan Carlson made a small one as well. You'd like to see them both continue hitting better. You'd like to see Bader and DeYoung step up at the plate because you know that Goldschmidt and those guys, Arenado, are going to do their part. I'm interested, though, how do you guys think Pujols is going to do on this team?
1: Well, first of all, I said if you're Artie Marino, I would have put a hit on him five years ago instead of paying him the back of the $120 million. I thought Pujols got off the sauce when he left St. Louis because he knew he was getting paid. And I think this is just a guy coming in to have a retirement party. The reality of it is I don't even think he's going to be on the roster in September. He, he can barely get down the first
2: baseline. It's like he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, I, I look for them to platoon him with Corey Dickerson against left-handed pitching. Uh, maybe maybe give him a start at first base when you know Goldschmidt needs a break. But I'm excited to see Molina, Pujols, and Wainwright on the mound or on the on the field again together. I think that'll be a special retirement tour. And the people at St. Louis are absolutely buzzing getting Pujols back in the lineup. All
0: right, let's get to a real sport. Four years ago, Jordan Bennington took the Blues on a magical <laughs> run to a Stanley Cup title. Can Vilejuso do the same thing this year?
2: Well, that's, that's the question right now is, do you go with the playoff experience of Bennington or do you look at the current success of Husso? and I I think you got to ride the hot hands. They're playing much better when he's in the, in the lineup, he's averaging, giving up around 2.3 goals and Bennington is up over three uh, in his last 10 starts. So I think, I think the key is though this defense needs to figure itself out there. They're giving up way too many shots on net and the win against Vancouver last night, they were still outshot in that four to one win I, I think you ride the hot hand with hustle here and uh, obviously, you know, you have Bennington. I don't think a lot of people are saying that this is a, you know, a controversy. Who do you start? I, I like having both guys. I think this is a good thing for a blues team that can score like crazy. They just need to figure out the defensive aspect of this in order to get in good position.
0: No, we've got about 90 seconds left. Final four this weekend in New Orleans. I don't know where you're there in St. Louis. What are the loyalties divided like? You have Illini fans, Tiger fans, Billiken fans. Is there any Jayhawk carryover there? And who do you have winning the national championship?
2: Yeah, we've got a lot. This is is more Mizzou territory that we're in. So there's a lot of people who despise Kansas and want to see them lose this game. And then we also got the alums that moved to the area uh, that are still excited about watching this team. I like, I like Kansas. I think they've been battle tested in an extremely tough big 12 conference, seven of the the 10 teams in the big 12 finished in the top 20 Ken Palm defensive rankings. So this team knows how to grind. I think the Villanova, the, the loss of uh, Moore is just critical for them. I think that's going to be too tough to overcome because they just don't have a lot of depth to begin with. I like, I like Kansas getting past this game, and then I like Duke taking out Kansas in the championship game.
1: I, I tend to agree with you there. By the way, no, I don't know which part of North County or South County you're from, but which fast food restaurants do you generally see the Jayhawk alums working at?
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We, we we used to have Steak and Shake, which was phenomenal, but uh, th- those are kind of going out. So if you've never been to St. Louis, definitely find a Steak and Shake and, and hit it up.
0: Well, good luck with your show that you're doing there. I understand it airs. Five central. So you're going right up against that juggernaut, Danny Burke, there in the Midwest. And good luck to all the St. Louis teams. Thanks for taking the time, Noah.
2: Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Have you, a good you. one.
0: My sports book looks there. DraftKings there and the outstanding. You know, yeah. Like tr- it. tremendous background there. Very knowledgeable young man.
1: Are you concerned with the blues from a defensive standpoint? The blues <laughs> suck.
0: Let's, let's be honest here. It doesn't matter who's in that. That's what I'm saying. They could have Hashik in that. They're not going anywhere this year do be in the playoffs. If the Dom is there, they got
1: a shot. Yeah,
0: but look, they're one of the, like the last two years. They're one and done in the playoffs. They're just—they're not good enough. Those big heavy defensemen aren't any good when you're giving up 45 shots a game. <laughs> you're, you're right about that. Hey, I agree with them though. Duke over over Kansas in the God the national. God
1: willing, hope not.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, stay tuned to Vison. Up next, it's Betting Across America with Josh Applebaum and Mike Pritchard.